Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks, hope you're having a great week so far. I know it's been a couple of weeks since you heard from me. Um, but hey, we are here. We are today excited. We have Alicia with us today as well. Hey, you doing, Alicia? I'm great. How are you? Oh, awesome. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and we have Dr. Sam with Family Pet Health in Murfreesboro with us today for our cooperative care and fear-free talk. Dr. Sam, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? I am fantastic. Um, I am excited about this. We did. We did record this already, but uh, our sound was so kind of all over the place, I could not fix it. Um, I am great with dogs, not so good with editing in audio and video, <laughs> but working on it. So we want to talk today about cooperative care and fear-free veterinary care. Uh, Dr. Sam, tell everybody what you do, where you work, and what you guys really focus on there. Yeah, so I'm a veterinarian in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Um, I work at a fear-free certified practice um, where we specialize in low-stress handling and cooperative care with owners and their animals. Um, we are a facility that does not believe in holding animals down and pushing them. And if they're acting fearful, we, we listen to the animals and their body language and we kind of go at their pace. Um, and it's, it's really, it's really nice to work here. Um, it's a very positive environment. Um, and that's kind of what fear free medicine is. We try and be positive and encouraging and, um, positive reinforcement is what we live for. Yes. I love that because we deal with so many dogs that have behavior issues that already are suffering from some sort of trauma, stress, anxiety, fear. And so when we have our clients come to us, so many times they're like, I would just, I really want my dog's anxiety to not be so high, but also it's like, I can't even get him to the vet. I can't get a good exam. I can't get his, you know, blood work done. I can't get, 
a physical done. And I know that is so stressful for owners. And so it stresses the owners out. The dogs are stressed out already. It's just this vicious little cycle. What makes yours, your facility different in a way that can help? Well, I'm going to put in one thing real quick. I saw on Instagram, I think it was Instagram either today or or yesterday, where you guys, I love your garage because mm-hmm. that is where we hold our um, classes, but I saw you guys had cars pulling in through the garage with it raining. Mm-hmm. That's just one extra thing that you guys have. <laughs> yeah. But what else do you have that's set up to make things a little bit easier to help de-stress owners and de-stress the dogs? Yeah. Um, so in general, um, like for free medicine, an animal comes in fearful, um, stress, showing signs of um, they have severe anxieties. They're growling or cats hissing. We kind of talk to the owners about um, bringing them back on some calming medications for maybe next time. We don't want to push them today. You know, right now they're not, um, they're not making actions or um, like if they're growling, like, yeah, I'm going to listen to that growl. I'm not going to push him to the point where he's going to bite me. Let's, let's try this a different way. Let's maybe put some calming meds on board, see if that works. Um you know, we have, we have owners in the room with them all the time. We don't take them to the back, and that helps out a lot because it doesn't stress them out as much, and the animals feel a little bit more comfortable. Uh, we have owners hold the animals if they're more comfortable with the owners holding them. Um, we don't hold down animals like a lot of these other places, like for nail trims or for vaccines. Um, we do have the occasional client that's like, hold them down, just get it done. And, and we're like, no, that's kind of that's not how we work here. That's not what we do. Um, and so we're kind of designed and our practice was actually, we, we just built our new facility with fear free in mind. Um, and so we have like non-slip flooring where we can, um, we're supposed to have soundproof rooms. It's not too soundproof, but it's soundproof enough. <laughs> we have a room that's dedicated only for cats. No dogs ever go in there. So they don't ever smell, you know, the scents of the dogs. Um, we have, patios attached to all of our exam rooms so animals that are scared to go in we can do an outside exam and then in the exam rooms we have our glass door you can look out into the patio but the bottom half it has fog so the animals can't look out and get triggered by any animals walking by or cars or people um and we really we really focus here on handling and going at the animal's pace and i think a lot of people appreciate that and a lot of people are nervous bringing their stressed animals to the vet because they've seen how it's gone in the past or the animal gets really stressed out because the staff is not really listening to the pet's behavior and so all of our staff members here were trained to identify signs of fear anxiety and stress in our animals and um, we give them a kind of a grade when they walk out the door like this is what your animal's emotional assessment like health assessment was um he did really good or he was a little nervous you know next time we might talk about some medications or things we can do to help facilitate um care so cooperative care if you will excellent Mm -hmm. excellent you know it's funny i was talking to a client um, i had a client last night dudley who was absolutely i mean extreme extreme issues with uh, nail trims, physical touch, um, just all across the board. And we were talking about, uh, matter of fact, the first time I had a meeting with them via Zoom, I, I said, you need to go to Family Pet Health because 
that is that's what is going to help with this but it's funny because she was like you know i i was going to my regular veterinarian and um you know if i tell him i can hold him if i just hold him here you know and you just do it quickly he's not going to do anything if i'm just holding him and i said i kind of laughed i said you know when i worked in the veterinary world 25 26 years ago when an owner told me they could hold I was like, no, we don't trust you to hold your own pet because it's our body parts Mm -hmm. that get injured. Um, But then I was, you know, telling her, I said, you know, but if you talk with them and I said, and you really need to go to family pet health because I was like, you know where you need to go? And she's like, in Murfreesboro? I was like, yes, (laughs) because this is the third time we're meeting. Yes. Um, Because it really does make a huge difference when you allow the parents to be a part of it. And if we can set the parents up to work on some things prior to that. So this is where, Alicia, I'm going to let you jump in here. I started doing a pattern game of one, two, three uh, with him last night. Um, What else are some of the things that you're going to start incorporating with our cooperative care to help our clients get our dogs to a point where they can be a little bit more comfortable heading into family pet health or for any other fear-free veterinarian, or if you don't have a fear-free veterinarian, um, things that we can do to set up our dogs for success with that. Yeah, I was thinking about that as you were just talking, so great segue <laughs> into that. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I think the biggest thing is figuring out what what does your dog need the most help with? You know, like in this case, um, we'll nail trends. Well, it sounds like in this case, maybe a lot of different things. But, you know, if they have something very specific, I think that's one thing you really want to focus on. And I love the pattern game idea. And I think just taking everything in small steps, that that's one of the biggest things I think you can do. Um, so, for example, if you need to train a nail trim, um, the first thing might be, I'm just going to show you the nail clippers and I'm going to feed you and make these nail clippers positive. Um, you may find if I pull nail clippers out of this door, the dog goes and runs, right? Well, that dog is brilliant because it just taught us something. It just taught us that I don't need to put the nail clippers in that drawer anymore. So we're going to change the environment. Um, I think with holds, um, and yeah, Dr. Sam, I think that's great that you guys can trust the owners to allow the owners to hold the animals where that's where that prep work ahead of time is going to be so important because it's going to make the owner feel more comfortable holding the dog because the more they do it, they're going to feel more comfortable and they're going to learn their dog. They're going to know what's most comfortable for their dog. Um, So there's really, the possibilities are endless. Um, I just think the biggest thing I want to work with clients is making them understand that small steps are key. And if you get to a certain point and you jump too far ahead, it's okay to step back. Um, I think a lot of times people get very frustrated when they see their dogs not making progress. A lot of times it's just take a step back, take a breath, and let's back up a little bit and go to the step prior and uh, reinforce that heavenly, get that, or heavenly, heavenly. Um, I like heavenly too. I think heavenly that's Heavenly too, right? Heavenly, <laughs> heavenly experience for your dog. But the the bank account, I know, I think we talked about this last time, you know, you want to build a bank account for your dog, a reinforcement history, fill that bank up with positive things about those nail clippers, that they're going to love those things so much that now you can start moving forward in these small steps. 
So those are the things I have in mind. And, and it really is going to be client specific, I think, or dog specific to yeah. what they need. Yeah. You know, yeah. my guy last night, Dudley, he doesn't even like, I mean, when he gives you, like, he'll do a shake. But his shake is, let me hit your hand as hard as I can, as quickly as I can, just Mm -hmm. to show you I did it to get the treat. And so we started last night with just, um, after I did a little uh, one, two, three pattern game, where I would just reward him every time he would hit the owner's hand, because he would not do it for me. Mm -hmm. He would hit hit her hand, and I I would say, mark that. And it took him, he would do that maybe 10 seconds. He'd do it a couple times. He'd walk away. And I was explaining to her how important it was to allow him to walk away. Yeah, because it gives them that, that agency saying, if I'm not comfortable, I can walk away. And nobody's going to try to encourage me to come back. Because let's be real. When somebody overly encourages a dog, and usually the situation is, it's not going to be good for the dog. So the dog learns, uh-uh. Nope, fun playtime is just a trick. Mm-hmm. So... I said, just let him walk around, and, and when he would come back, he would do it again, and it got to the point, finally, that he would start putting it softer. It wasn't as quick, and I was like, yeah. that's the improvement for him. Right. Right? It's Absolutely. Look at those little bitty things, and when we can have those small improvements, then it feels, I think you're right, it gives the clients some control to where they feel like now they have a plan, they're not just going in blindly. Um, right. You know, and I think a lot of times we used to talk about, let's go just take the dog to the vet and just visit for some positivity. And I do think that that is some, some positive steps, but I do think there's so much more because it, Dr. Sam, I, I didn't realize because, well, I leave the cat stuff to, <laughs> to Pam. Um, I didn't realize you guys have just a cat only room. And, and that is so important because the, Odor is so important for cats, but just taking in where dogs are going to smell other parts of a hospital that's, that's going to imprint to negativity. Do you guys do anything special as far as, as like the smell in the environment to help with the dogs? Yeah. Um, we actually have, um, we use pheromones a lot, um, Adaptil, which I think is now called Thunder Ease. Um, we have those diffusers in all the dog rooms. And then when dogs come in, we, uh, spray a bandana with that pheromone. We put a bandana on them. Um, and then for the cats, we use feel away. We have feel away diffusers plugged in and we spray their blankets with feel away that we put them on for the table. Um, and same with like the small dogs, we'll have a blanket. We'll spray with adaptil or thunderies. Um, and that really, that really does help calm them down a little bit with having those pheromones. Um, and then, I mean, we try to, we, we clean between patients. And so we try to eliminate any of the odors from the previous patients as best we can. Um, sometimes we can't, <laughs> but you know, yeah. vet med, <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we use pheromones a lot. Those anal glands just don't nope. always go away. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we just don't use that room anymore. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was the worst. Yeah. I never, I always remember getting into the vet clinic and by like eight o'clock, eight thirty, you're sprayed with anal glands and you brought nothing uh. extra and you're like, oh, I'm going to smell like this all day. Mm-hmm. And every dog hates it. They're like, what happened to you? <laughs> um, you know, I think that's even a really good idea is to incorporate some of that same kind of odor with clients to say, Hey, you know, spray this on their bed when you're working on these things. So it's for me, I mm-hmm. like to add in anything that is odor wise that can be associated with something really positive and really fun. 
Um, and of course, having a little bit of sound, white noise is something we use a lot. Do you guys incorporate any type of noise just so that the dogs aren't hearing other dogs or anything in the facility? If you're doing, say, a, a, an exam inside one of the rooms instead of the patio? Mm-hmm. We, um, we play, I think it's like through a dog's ear. Um, so we, we have okay. we have music, calming music playing in the exam rooms. Um, we try to dry out music as best, or sounds as best we can. Love that. Love that. You know, uh-huh. it's when we're setting up things to help. When I, when I talk to my clients, nail trim's definitely issue, right? But one thing that at least you brought up that I love that we've talked about in the past, and I know that, you know, I've talked about it in an episode before, but I love the fact that when we, when we think about across the board, things that we may have to do later, like uh-huh. eye drops, yeah. ear drops, um, you know, things like that. What are some of the things that you can give our listeners, some things, maybe ideas that they can start to do before they need these, these, you know, medications that most older dogs probably will need at some point? Yeah, yeah. And um, that's the thing, you know, I, we've had an episode before that I used to work at a zoo and work with marine mammals. And we were really big on training the eye drops, training um, anything we thought that they might need in the future, we trained. Now, I recognize that that was us with four and five training sessions a day, and that was our job. So I get people have a life. I get that. But there's some simple things like if you can train your dog to do a chin rest, um, and let me tell you, folks, you can get on YouTube. There's some great videos out there, a variety of ways to train this. But it's basically when your dog's just resting their chin in your lap, on your hand, um, just depending on what the dog's comfortable with. And even if you train that, you can start incorporating additional behaviors once they have a strong chin rest. So I'm working on that with my foster dog now, and I have her resting her chin in my lap, and I'm starting to move my hands around her head a little bit to get her used to seeing my hands move. Um, and again, very small steps. So you can start then touching your dog's ear or having a bottle of Visine. I wouldn't suggest putting that in your dog's eye, but just so they can start seeing the eye drop bottle and you're constantly feeding and rewarding for that calm behavior. And something I think Nikki, we've talked about, I'm real, a real fan of naming the body parts before you touch them. So you can say ear and then touch their ear. And they're not going to know what that means at first, but eventually they're going to understand when I hear the word ear or paw or eye, or leg, anything, um, it, it it lets them know that that's what's coming next. So yeah. there's predictability in it. And I yeah. think we can all agree when we can be predictable with the dog, that helps a lot. Yes. It really does. Yeah. You know, it's funny you brought that up because Kim Brophy, um, I'm, I'm such a fan of Kim Brophy and her legs. But one of the things, that's funny, I said Kim Brophy and her legs. If y'all yes. don't know it. <laughs> you need to elaborate. I do legs. need to elaborate. I don't know. I've yeah. never seen her in shorts. I don't know what her legs look like. But it's about looking at dogs, about their learning, their environment, genetics, their self. Um, it's, it's really understanding the dog as a whole. But one thing that she does is, is she has a Mr. Rogers hack. And with the Mr. Rogers mm-hmm. hack, it's literally like talking like you're Mr. Rogers to your pet. And she put this great video up about her working with, um, I think she was 
maybe brushing or something with one of her dogs and not talking, just trying to do it. And you could see the dog is flopping all over, not being still and just being really kind of agitated. Once she starts the talking, though, you know, touching ear, touching ear, rubbing ear, holding paw, holding paw, the dog just calmed down and waited and just knew what was happening. So just that conversation um, of having that little talk really calmed the dog. And, and of course, it's something that has to be, you know, worked on and taught and trained. And uh-huh. I actually started doing that with Mr. Myers. Um, I had to take him to the vet and I was like, I really want to take him to family pet health, but you guys are like an hour and 15 minutes for me. So (laughs) I I said, okay, I've worked on some cooperative care. I'm going to take him to our vet. They know me. They know what I do for a living. Um, So I'll just go in and try to use some of the tools I've, I've done to see how he does. And I will say I was very proud of him. I took his little placemat and he was good on his little place. And then I would use his place for up on the table. So he knew that's his place. And the only change of that place of what I normally do is it's a human-free zone typically. But in this case, I was like, I didn't want him sliding on the table. And then I would just start doing the pattern game with him while they were doing the the whole, you know, exam. And I was, and he was like, this is great. I mean, he was, really was, actually did really, really well. The only mm-hmm. issue was because he is small since he's been small, (laughs) since he's been small, when he was a puppy, (laughs) I started asking him permission to pick him up. Um, So because I think that's one big thing we do way too much is pick up little dogs without their permission, and then that's when we get little dogs backing away and running away from us. So I would ask him up. If he didn't want to be picked up, he could back away. Like you said, Alicia, I put a lot of... Uh, deposits into the checking account into my account so that when I do have to pick him up when he doesn't want it I don't ruin anything and that was the one is the tech came in to try to pick him up and he backed away I was like oh sorry we asked permission to pick him up and this guy had never met me before and the look on his face (laughs) was like what do you mean you asked permission I mean he didn't say that but I was just like it it was just those little things of course I went over and picked him up and, and put him on the table but I think that those little things that we can start doing at home with the thought process of how this can help us in the future can really make a difference. Um, and he did, I mean, he did really, really well. I was really impressed awesome. with him. That's yeah. great. But thanks to you, because I was never big in cooperative care until you came into my life. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, because you know. I mean, I literally, my okay. Rottweilers would lay on their back. I would straddle and I would trim nails. I could scrape their teeth. I could do all these things. And then I got Myers at eight pounds and holding him was like holding a like Velaptor, whatever dinosaur that is. It's like (laughs) whatever. He was like, it was like holding a cat, a feral cat. That was so bad. And now I can trim his nails by by myself. Yeah. Thanks to you. Oh, great. Well, you did all the work. But, you know, and to kind of elaborate, we're talking about the bank account to even explain that a little bit more to folks. You know, the bank account means that this particular behavior has a strong history of getting reinforced over and over and over again. And you might get the perfect nail trim or perfect, um, I'm trying to think, like if you're doing a hold with your dog and prep for the vet, when you take them to the vet, it's a whole new environment. So that thing might fall apart. Um, and, but what Nikki said when, you know, I didn't ruin it, what she's saying is, you know what? Okay. Just cause we had, um, a not so great 
approximation with behavior and you're so worried that, oh my gosh, I've ruined it. They're never going to do it again because you have such a strong history of it. There's a very high likelihood that yes, they'll be okay. You know, and that's what's so great about working on it at home is if you took them to the vet and never worked on it and it's great, even at family pet health, I'm sure you guys have your moments with dogs, you know, that you're trying to restrain the best you can and something can go wrong. Um, then that, if that's their first experience of being held, then we might have a problem in the future. But if we practice it at home, not, not necessarily always. Um, but the, and that's also why it's important to read body language. Like Dr. Sam was saying, they read the dogs, you know, they, they read them, they know their body language. So learn about dog body language as well as everything else with the training. And then that helps you to read your animal and let you know, Hey, it's okay to back off. Yeah. Or I'm going to take a step back and I'm not going to be upset that my dog keeps pulling the paw away. Yeah. Um, they're just nervous and anxious. So, yeah. Yeah. And as a reminder, we'll just say you can get our dog communication seminar online through our dog speak website. Yeah. Uh, go grab that <laughs> now for 50 bucks and then show your whole family. Uh, yeah. Because it is important that you understand yeah. dog language. Uh, yeah. It's so crucial for that. And, you know, I was just even thinking that, when we look at some of the most difficult parts, I know drawing blood is one of those difficult challenges because who holds their dog's leg at home in a way to where you can get blood, much less like, you know, from the neck area. So like even just getting your dogs used to having their legs held, that's one thing I did not practice with him. That's, that's why I'm bringing that up. But because I was doing the pattern one, two, three game, and they were really good and quick. I had it was no problem with it. It was actually really good. He was just looking at me the whole time, like I'm getting treats, I'm getting mm -hmm. touched. This is not so bad. Um, so it was really good. I was just sitting here thinking, uh, Doctor Sam, at y'all's open house, we had a table set up there, but I got a chance to kind of walk through, and you were in the room with the enrichment room and and stuff, and I saw a lot of cake cones. <laughs> I love cake cones. <laughs> I like chocolate chip ice cream in my cake cones. Tell me how you guys are using cake cones uh, in the clinic. Yeah, um, we use it to serve our patients whipped cream. <laughs> so they get a whipped cream cone. Love it. <laughs> uh, I yeah. love that. Yeah. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. And because it's something that people don't give at home. Mm -hmm. So when they get into, you know, the facility and the dog's like, holy crap, I've never had this before. And this is amazing that's going to automatically put some positive association there. Because mm -hmm. um, I think so many people want to bring their dog's favorite, absolute favorite treat to the clinic, and the dog doesn't touch it. And people don't realize that those rewards are definitely have a variable um, reinforcement to them based on the environment and what we're asking of them. Um, and so you guys are using, like, Cool Whip and whipping cream. I love that because I brought that up uh -huh. last night. I was like, well, you could use a little whipped cream, a little squeeze cheese, you know, with this, because we were talking using the muzzle. And uh, and so that, I just, did they get the whole cake cone when they're done, or you just use it as a delivery method? That uh, depends on the dog. Um, but most, <laughs> most of them, the yeah, most cone. of them, yeah, we offer it to them, and then they'll, okay. they'll take it and eat it sort of over there. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, I mm -hmm. want to wonder why my doctor doesn't do this. I mean, can you imagine if, if every time we went to the gynecologist, we had a cake cone with chocolate chip ice cream? I mean, yeah, sure. I would be like getting a pap smear every three months. <laughs> I, should, 
If I wasn't in my patient's mouth cleaning them, I, I would know. try that. <laughs> yeah. People hate the I, I think, you know what y'all need to do is um, a good foot massage. That would be rewarding for me. Uh, okay. you know, at my dentist, they have TVs on the ceiling. And yes. they give you cool sunglasses. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I have the sunglasses, not the TV, but I mean, it's great, right? But if yeah. you could give me a foot rub, come on now. I yeah. would be getting my teeth cleaned every three months. <laughs> I mean, come well, on. Well, you know, and I, I was thinking about what y'all were just talking about, because I did get to shadow uh, Family Pet Health, uh, I think in February. And it was so neat to watch how they worked with the animals. Um, and Dr. Sam, I was in the room with you. And they brought a dog in, and I think they had the dog muzzled to start. But if I remember, the muzzle came off because everything seemed fine. And you guys drew blood on them. And the whole time, they had this licky mat or plate or something with either peanut butter or whipped cream. And that dog was just, you know, enjoying that peanut butter the whole time. And they got the blood sample. And and I feel like the owner felt a little nervous about it. But she seemed, the owner, I could tell, just had a big sigh of relief when they were done. Because it was stress-free. Um, I'm telling you guys, this worked great. It, I was really impressed with you guys just when I shadowed. I was so thanks. impressed. So I want to know how you give a dog a licky mat and draw blood. So where was this blood draw? Were you still in the front leg? Well, I think it was the back leg. That's what maybe. I was going to ask is do you do but, but what I saw, yeah. And See, I don't think our listeners realize that there are multiple ways that things can be accomplished. <laughs> Yeah, that that there's not just a box, right? Because you think, okay, we're going to go to the vet. They're going to take my dog back there. They're going to, you know, they're going to restrain him. They're going to do all these things, and they're going to throw him back out to me. <laughs> and uh-huh. it's stressful for everybody. Um, but you guys at Family Pet Health really have thought outside that box, and just from the layout of the facility alone, um, is just huge. And not to mention, you guys also have your own podcast. Yeah that we will link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you've been on that one a couple of times, haven't you? Yeah, I think so. A couple of times. Okay. All right. I was mm-hmm. on it a couple of times. Um, but it is, it's just, I, I love that you guys are really trying to encompass the entire dog and the entire environment and the entire family. And, and it's not just trying to get X, Y, Z done. Um, because we talked about it last time, and I want to bring this up again, is that you really try not to ever hold dogs down even when clients really want that you guys are really trying to push them to to let's try another method how do you find a lot of people kind of don't want to be patient and just get it done because you know they took time off work and all those good things how do you navigate that um so i mean some people are resistant like no matter what we tell them they're just they just don't believe i guess in our philosophy which is fine we're just we just tell them we're probably not the best fit for you. Um, a lot of people are surprisingly willing to come back and try the calming medications. And I think a big part of that is because they're actually in the exam room with us and they're seeing what's happening versus us taking them to the back and be like, oh, he wouldn't let us do anything. And they're like, what do you mean? He's fine. Like, well, like they just don't know. Yeah. Um, so it really helps having them there in the room, seeing what's happening. Um, and then I kind of... I. I like to make them hold because now they're the ones that are experiencing what we're experiencing. And they're like, Oh yeah, no, like you, yeah, no, like I'm not doing this anymore. Let's bring them back on medications. Now I'm willing to make it easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm a big fan of, of doing that and just, just trying to show the owners like, this is why we need these meds. Um, yep. 
And uh, yeah, a lot of them are actually surprisingly willing to come back and try it again on a different day. And we just, we're just open and we just explain to them, like, he's fearful. We'll try and do everything we can, but we're not going to push him. If he's showing us signs of escalation, then we'll, we'll stop and we'll try it again a different day. And I, I explained the whole uh, fight or flight. You know, if I'm, I'm taking away their flight, I'm leaving them only with fight. Like, I'm going to push them <laughs> to the, like, I, yeah. Like eventually we're going to get to that point and I'm, I'm not trying to get there. And so we just need to right. explain. And, and as long as we're open, you know, we're not trying to just make more money off of you by bringing him back. Like he needs it. It's, it's you know, Absolutely. it's going to benefit them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having, maybe we need an ice cream bar for the people. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck on ice cream with cake cones yeah. right now. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, but really having them in the room actually does help a lot. Having them see what, what's happening and seeing what, what, how their dog's reacting, it does help out a lot. We don't get a lot of pushback uh-huh. from it. Good, good. Alicia, I know yeah. that you do have a foster dog in that's one of our um, clients, and that dog has had a uh-huh. lot of health issues, um, a lot of skin issues um, prior uh-huh. before you, you got her. Um, how, how have you seen the change in handling her when you first got her compared to handling her now? Um, I mean, with her name being Precious, it's just, I mean, yeah, <laughs> right, right across the board. Technique, I did not name her, but yes. <laughs> no, you did not. <laughs> Other than chin rest, and we do have some video of you doing that, um, uh-huh. and I do need to get that put up so that people can see. What other things have you done with her? Honestly, the chin rest and the um, nail trim, those are the big things that I focused on with her because her nails, and I guess wherever she was at the vet before they, they told the other, uh, I'm co-fostering, you know, please work on her nail trim. Yeah. So that, that's really the male, but I'm working with the Dremel and I'm working, um, with the nail clippers as well. So two different aspects there. Um, but what I am actually going to start incorporating is to work on her rear nails. I might have her lay on her side. I'm thinking that. So I'm trying to think what might work best for her. Right now, she just lays down on all fours. Um, and I do it a little differently than you because you ask for the paw, which I think is great. But for um, folks who maybe feel like, well, now do I have to train a shake first? I'm like, well, not necessarily. You can train um, just body tactile, just when they're laying down, start touching their back and reward them for that and slowly work toward their legs and then their feet. And so um, that's, that's really honestly the two main things I am working on right now. But when I do the chin rest though, I'm also starting to incorporate the ear tactile with her. Excellent. So, um, but yeah, the nail trims, it's, you know, it, it's a slow process and that's, and that's okay. Everybody it's okay to work one or two minutes a day on a particular behavior and take your time and slow and steady wins the race. Quick and dirty is not good when it comes to this. No, if that's a, so. if that is a toenail a day, like yes, I have one absolutely. client who would trim mm-hmm. one toenail a day. Yeah. And then time she got through all of them, it start over <laughs> Yeah, one toenail a day, you know, but I think that also one thing I know I did and everybody that has known me long enough, knows that I, over the years I've talked about how I hate routines. I hate routines. I hate the word routine. I don't want to have a routine. I just I can't stand routines. Here's another. Nikki's changed. <laughs> I still don't like routines. I will say I like predictability. <laughs> to me, it's different. 
than routine. So for me with predictability with my guy, and I'm thinking this might be something that could help bring into the uh, veterinary clinic, is I have a certain blanket that he gets up and lays on. I have the same setup with my clippers, my treats, and he Uh knows on that blanket with those things in the environment what we're about to do. I place my hand out, and he has the choice to put his paw on my hand. That, to me, is my cue he's ready. Yeah. And so having, but I don't trim his nails anywhere else. So I think that, do you find, Alicia, that maybe setting up some specifics, like here are the four things that we have when we're doing nail trims, and those are the four things that we can take with us to the vet clinic if that's where they need to do it. Because let's be real, most people do not want to trim their dog's nails because they're right. so square, squared. They're so mm-hmm. scared of quicking them. Yes. Right? But yeah. that means they, then that means they never do anything with it. So we really right. need to get to working on that. I think there are things that they can do without even getting clippers out. Right? So if, if we just have like a setup, what do you think? Yeah. yeah. So and, you know, I just saw your light bulb. Well, yeah, because when you're talking about <laughs> The, the blanket, it, so with Precious, I did, I clipped her. It, it didn't get the quick, but it, just something, I didn't have a squeeze right. So instead of a quick clip, it was kind of this long, drawn mm. out. And I had to squeeze really hard and <laughs> pulled it away. She didn't freak out. I probably was more upset about it than her because I thought, oh, what did I just do? How many do? steps I did I just it. go back? <laughs> yes. But let me tell you, though, because what I do is I always lay a towel on the floor. Now, I will work on it in different areas in the house. or I think that's a good idea because then they're not so stuck on one location. Okay. But I, I always put a towel, mostly because she drools like no dog I've ever had before. <laughs> And I started putting a towel under her because when I feed, my hands get all wet and I don't want that on my carpet, but (laughs) it's actually worked well. And, um, anyway, so I, I did that. And for whatever reason I had to, I got up, maybe it was the next session. That's what it was. And I had the towel and the nail clippers and I thought, Oh, is she going to participate in this? And I had to walk back in the other room to get her treats. And I walked back out and y'all, she's laying on the towel, looking at me right next to the clippers. Like, are we ready to go? Love so it. I was so, so happy. I'm like, you're such a good girl. But I think part of that was the history, right? Mm-hmm. But yes, the predictability, the routine, she knew nail clippers, towel equals chicken you know and that's what I feed her when I I feed her very high value treats if I can plug that in guys when you're working on the stuff high 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 value treats don't just use kibble and really you don't have to do this but every time I've got some chicken and cheese and those are just the treats I use when I do her nails and and she's she's great I just I bake some chicken and rip it up into little shreds and (laughs) you know that's part of her diet not spoiled at all not spoiled at all. No, well, I'm sitting here drinking a, a protein shake, and we're talking chicken, cheese, ice cream. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's working. <laughs> okay, so this but, is but, what but, I want yeah, us to do now. Say, yeah, you need to set up an appointment with Doctor Sam and take Precious in, and, and let's see how far we are. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> pressure is on. <laughs> yeah. I'll bring the video camera. We can go live. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Like, let's see. Come on, you gotta believe in it and trust in it. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I would. Yeah. I think I would love because you are not five minutes from Family Pet Health. Oh, I would true. love to yeah. see you at some point. Be able to take Precious over and let's see how that's 
how that's going. And then yeah, I'll get you back on yeah. here and talk about it. Right, but right. I want to go just to get ice cream. <laughs> Well, Dr. Sam looks like you're on the hook for ice cream now. I, I really <laughs> just look, I think Baskin Robbins yeah. chocolate chip is the best. Yeah. Right. I'll yeah. take any. I'm not that big. Right. Yet, yes. Uh, so the, all the things that we've talked about, some things that we can do at home and, and things of that nature. Dr. Sam, is there anything that we've kind of missed that you would encourage owners to maybe start working on or doing, or do you even advise them to just come in and visit, come in and take a look around, talk to you um, before bringing their dog in? Yeah, um, we actually encourage happy visits. It's kind of what we call them, where the dog comes in and walks around the clinic, and we kind of just give him treats. And, you know, he meets every single one of the staff members, and we all try and give him a treat. And uh, they leave here, and they're like, oh, that place is great. And so next time they come in, they're like, oh, yeah, this is where I got all the treats. And then, you know, they're not as stressed. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I like the cooperative care. If people would work with the nail trims, that'd be fantastic. Um, <laughs> if y'all could have seen her face. <laughs> we all feel that same way when somebody's like, can you please trim our dog's nails? Yeah. <laughs> um, something else I hand out a lot is a, a muzzle training handout. Um, I, I try and explain, not that their dog was, even dogs that weren't aggressive at the visit, we just saw that, they were a higher FAS scale than, um, like, they're just a little bit uncomfortable. We're like, hey, you know, like, maybe we should work on this. So if he ever does have anything painful or scary in the future, like, he's not going to associate the muzzle with another scary thing. He's going to associate it with positive, and it's going to be less stressful for him. Um, so I really try to encourage muzzle training when we can. Um, and then the happy visits are always great. And um, I think we I think we hit on a lot of it. Um, good yeah I can't think of anything else right do now. somebody do they need to call and schedule for a happy visit or can they just kind of pop in uh please call and schedule <laughs> <laughs> uh, from one person who works in, yeah I was gonna say like from one person who worked in a schedule based business yeah. yes then yes don't ever just yeah show and up. also yes. like being for free like we don't we don't let animals co-mingle um and so like clients yeah. get here they call us hey we're here and then we just walk them we make sure the lobby's clear and we walk them directly into the room so we don't want a dog come in if we have a dog aggressive dog in the lobby like yeah so please call but yeah you know i love that too because you guys don't really have a sit down wait lobby yeah, we don't and I love that because so many times the dogs are getting so worked up as they're sitting in the lobby and the dogs, other dogs are coming in and people's moving and the smells and sounds. It just increases all that anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people I do know that they feel more comfortable waiting in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love that. It, again, just making it a normal, natural part of how you do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I feel sorry for you guys that are not in the Middle Tennessee area listening to this episode because we have an awesome fear-free veterinary clinic mm-hmm. in our area that really can reduce your dog's anxiety and help, you know, deal with things that we have to have done. I mean, the dogs have to have it done, mm-hmm. um, you know, on a regular basis. I was thinking about in the nail trim again. I, my, my head jumped to, and we're close to wrapping up, so bear with me for a sec. But we were, um, I was just thinking about using the scratching board. Yeah. So I have not done it yet. I was going to do the scratching board, uh, but uh-huh. but you haven't practiced that either yet, have you, Alicia? No, yeah. full disclosure. No, I've not done that, but I've been watching a lot of videos on it. I'm and, waiting uh, for you. So I'm going to make you teach all of us. <laughs> yeah, 
So it, it's a so, great option. Yeah. For dogs that don't want, that don't like the Dremel or the, um, trimmers. Yeah. I mean, cause we and have to also look at dogs that may not just like their paws held for whatever reason yeah. it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause I know that one of my client's dogs, when they got the dog as a rescue, the pads were all burned up and torn up. So there was a lot of medication mm-hmm. that had to be put on and yeah. that had to be done before establishing any type of real relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the one that's getting one trim a day <laughs> of a nail right now. So it's a, it's a, but it's the same time they go out and potty, they do their walk, come back in, we wipe paws, we clip one nail and then we move on. Yeah. So having a little bit of that predictability. Um, I did have one other thing in my head and it just flew right out that window over there. Um, don't know if you heard it crash or not. Dr. Sam, where can they find you? Uh, they can find <laughs> us, uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Um, they just just type in Google Family Pet Health um, in Murfreesboro. And we're the only fear-free certified practice in our county right now. Um, there might I think there's another one somewhere around Nashville-ish area. But... I feel like, yeah, there is one. There's a fear-free veterinarian, but mm-hmm. it's not a full clinic. Okay. Okay, so we might, we're probably so, the only one that fear free certified practice in the county for sure. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think you're probably in this middle Tennessee area, if not the state mm-hmm. of Tennessee. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I love it, uh, I think it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Leisha, did I leave anything out? Did I forget anything? I got stuck I on ice cream so. and food, <laughs> and I'm regretting no, my I protein think... shake instead of real food. Yeah. Well, no, I think you're good. The one other thing I would say real quick is everybody keep in mind, because I think it's so easy to go, I don't even want to get started because mm-hmm. it's going to take so long. What's the point? Think about if you started today, six from, months from now, you're going to have some progress. Whereas if you do nothing, you're going to be in the same spot in six months that you are today. Right. Yeah. So just be relaxed about it. Take one little step at a time and we can help you with that. Absolutely. And and the yeah. thing is, we have to think about the future. We're looking at, we want to give you eight to 10 years of good stuff, right? Of, of yeah, stress-free. Absolutely. We want our dog to be stress-free, that eight to 10 years. Right this moment, we're not training for the moment, right? We're teaching mm-hmm. for the future. And that is, and I think you're right, that's what a lot of people don't realize, that everything we do is about future health and future goals and future good, uh, not just in this moment. And, and we have to stop being such a, I want it right now type of environment and, and humanity. Everything is, I want it now, I want it done because we're spoiled, right? I mean, we get, uh-huh. I can order a mother-in-law off Amazon and have her here by like two. So it's <laughs> like, <a> delivery. <laughs> not that I want a new mother-in-law. I like my mother-in-law. She's about the only mother in my life right now that's normal. So she's, she's good. I don't need a new one. Uh, but I appreciate you guys coming back on here and re-recording this. Um, I don't, I, we probably didn't hit on everything that we hit on prior, but I think it was good enough to get people to understand that there are things that we can do to make your dog's life so much less stressful in these environments, especially in a veterinary clinic, something they have to have done. Um, and, uh, you know, and it can, it can be done. It can be done, and we can help you. And like Alicia said, there's a ton of information um, on the, you know, on the webs. There's a lot. Yeah, and hopefully, maybe we can make some YouTube videos too that um, 
we can put on our thing too. Yeah, I can't I wait to get Precious going in to see Dr. Sam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm excited. He's lying. That's good. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. Look at that. How okay, can but, you not be with the dog yeah. and Precious? I'm going to bring my own ice cream. <laughs> well, well, we have the cones. So. I, you know, as long as you got the cones, I'm good. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, guys, if, if you're listening and you don't have a fear-free vet, then I guess you can always just travel here. I mean, you know, you can come see us, take in a seminar, take in some training classes, go see Family Pet Health, get your dogs uh, you know, welfare taken care of. I think we it's a, it's a win-win for everybody, don't y'all think? Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. Thanks for listening, and be sure you check out Family Pet Health. And if you don't live in this area, go to your vet and say, I need you to be fear-free. <laughs> and if they're not, then you can at least help them understand what you've been doing to help your dog. Um, be a little less stressed and don't let them take your dogs in the back yeah. stay with your dogs because yeah. you're because dr sam you're right that's the only way they're really going to know what we're dealing mm-hmm. with and what they're dealing with mm-hmm. and why some things uh-huh. just have to happen so all right yeah. thanks guys i appreciate you y'all have a great rest of the week thanks you too you too